Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of daily fantasy sports and gambling. So you can stop Googling how to join a squid game to cover all those parlays you thought were such a sure thing. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello, folks. We are going to cover some positional rankings for fantasy football. And in this episode, we're going to cover uh, quarterback and tight end, because these are two positions where I see most mistakes occurring in drafts. And, you know, I figured this uh, this uh, should help folks uh, kind of contextualize why they make these mistakes and how to avoid them, because these are some of the most overdrafted positions in every fantasy league. I come across and I keep seeing this pop up. And so I figure I do the video to kind of hammer home exactly why these mistakes keep occurring because folks get sucked into uh, the draft position and not thinking about what does this actual player bring to the table for my individual fantasy team. So uh, without much further ado, let's talk about the quarterbacks. Because in most leagues, unless it's a super flex league where you have the option of playing two quarterbacks, there really is no reason to reach early for a quarterback. You know, folks who draft quarterbacks in round one, I I just shake my head. I shake my head because I see it happen all the time. Unless there's something goofy going on with the scoring format or it's a super flex league. There was absolutely zero reason to draft the quarterback in the first round. And it, and I've seen it happen. I've seen uh, because I saw Lamar Jackson go in the first round and in leagues last year throughout uh, uh, all sorts of leagues that I'll join uh, randomly because I want to see how folks are drafting across the spectrum. You know, friends leagues, uh, random leagues. I want to see what's happening. And, you know, when you start analyzing drafts, you come across quarterbacks going way too early so often because they want their favorite player. So you'll see, folks. so, you know, I expect Joe Burrow to get drafted earlier than he should. I expect Justin Herbert to get drafted earlier than he should. I expect Lamar Jackson to go early. But the reality of the situation is most of these guys, probably won't be QB number one. That's the reality situation. Josh Allen technically could be QB one, but I'm not entirely sold on that. Josh Allen's average draft position is 30, either 30 or 31 in a 12, uh, in a 12 person league. So that automatically puts you before round three is over. Josh Allen's going to get selected. Josh Allen should not be selected in the third round of your fantasy draft. I'm sorry. It, it it should not happen. It should not happen. And I fully expect it to. And again, these are the mistakes that I keep talking about that happen because folks just are looking at it from, hey, he's the, he's the highest ranked player. And where they should be kind of looking at it is points. 
the the raw points you would expect from Josh Allen in a given year. And from a raw point standpoint, when you look at the quarterback position and you look at the top 10, most likely you'll get an average of about 373 points on average amongst the top 10. The difference between Josh Allen and Matthew Stafford, who usually uh, comes in around uh, uh, 10, or you might get Dak at at 10. Again, it it can vary. Uh, But the Dak Prescott, and actually, you know what? I'm going to expand it further. I'm even going to go into the top 12, just because it it just encapsulates, like, how little drop-off. Okay, if you go into the top 12, the average drops to 367. It only drops seven points by going by two extra spots. The average drop-off between Josh Allen at QB1 versus uh, QB12 is over 70 draft spots. It's over 70 draft spots for less than what you're going to get in terms of value of raw points, you're getting maybe 30. Maybe 30. If we do a comparison of like uh, from the average like uh, raw points, if you do raw points between running back and wide receiver, of the top guys, because it would be either Jamar Chase or Cooper Cup, depending on. And again, this also varies on scoring format, whether it's half point or uh, uh, PPR. So I'm gonna make the uh, go with the half PPR, but it makes a difference, folks. It makes a difference. But if you just do the raw points average, the drop off between the top twelve. Is over uh, like a uh, it's over sixty. It's thirty. Uh, it's thirty for QBs. It's over sixty for uh, running back and wide receiver. Like the drop off is so much more significant at the running back and wide receiver spots. And you have to remember when you miss when you take that QB that early, the drop off goes even further because you're going to have more guys fall off uh, in between then. So realistically, the point differential from taking a round to later, just a round later, it's over double digits for both running back and wide receiver just by skipping around because you took Josh Allen around early. And guess what? The other reason why it's a mistake is that if you if you look at just in terms of potential points, the next QB, you can make a case for QB2 being Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's around later. Justin Herbert is technically middle of the third round. Like, Josh Allen would be before, uh, it would be some uh, sometime, uh, I mean, I'm saying middle of the third round, middle of the fourth round. Sorry. It's a full round later. 
Lamar Jackson might be round five by the time uh, you kind of it, like it. It, it kind of goes through. J- uh, Jalen Hurts, and I know people are going to be scoffing like Jalen Hurts. Well, guess what? Jalen Hurts has not one but two <laughs> targets in terms of wide receivers between AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. Jalen Hurts, it would be a shock to me if Jalen Hurts doesn't end up somewhere in the top five QB rankings. And yet still, because of the name recognition, Jalen Hurts is going basically sixth, seventh round. The amount of guys you could grab before you even hit Jalen Hurts or even Trey Lance, because guess what? Trey Lance is going to be the starter on the 49ers. They're going to just let him run with the football and just throw, uh, throw short dump-off passes and let Debo and I, uh, Brandon Ayuk do the work. The yards still count the same, even though it's going to be all yak. He's not going to have a ton of air yards. You don't need that for fantasy football. Jalen Hurts and Trey Lance are going to go overlooked in way too many drafts because folks are going to reach early for more established names. And the amount of guys you could grab in between their value is so much higher than the value you're uh, you're expected to gain by grabbing a Josh Allen, a Justin Herbert that early. You can maybe make a case for Lamar Jackson. Mainly because Lamar, if he's healthy and he's running, he's a running back. Who can also throw. So Lamar could actually be the highest scoring player in fantasy. And yeah, you could make the case that the same guy you were drafting in the first round last year could actually put up that production this year. And so you could make the case for Lamar that way. I'm not going to argue against it. But usually you don't return to that form after you start picking up some injuries. You try to get more cautious. Plus, Lamar's in a contract year. I don't know, and because it doesn't look like it's going to get resolved, I don't know if Lamar goes as crazy this year with the running. Who knows? Who knows? He might. But I'm just saying, I know Patrick Mahomes is going to get drafted. Now, should he be going in the fifth round? No, I think that's a, I think that's a little bit too high for Patrick Mahomes sometimes. But I could see folks taking him earlier and yeah fourth round makes sense for Patrick Mahomes but what I'm not gonna uh, back into the fourth round I'm okay with taking Patrick Mahomes because the amount of value I can get and I'll I'll talk about this is when you get into the stacking potential at tight end depending on how the drafts work out we're, we're gonna talk about stacking quarterback with tight end with some of the top end tight ends depending on where the draft's landing you can start thinking about stuff like that. But what I'm not good with is just reaching early for a quarterback because, you know, just because he's there. I, I want to know what the strategy is in terms of how you are going to correlate that to making that success successful. Because if you're going to take that quarterback that early, you need to be able to correlate it with the other skill position players on that team, like, because the reason why you're drafting them that high is because you're expecting 
that monster a year. Realistically, from a raw point standpoint, they don't stand out enough on their own to justify it unless you're correlating the rest of your roster uh, with some of his teammates, at least two of them. If you're taking them that high, you should be correlating either uh, one of their top studs and one of their mid-tier studs uh, later on in the draft. That, that Thought process-wise, that's how you should be starting to look at these things. But yeah, it, like it, I will say, realistically, you could go down to Dak or Matthew Stafford and you will be just fine being in the 100s before you even draft a QB. Aaron Rodgers, you could stack very easily his uh, his options because you know he's going to throw to his running backs. You know Aaron Jones is going to uh, Aaron Jones is going to get catches from Aaron Rodgers. You know, from a wide receiver standpoint, AJ Dillon is working into the passing game. You know, from a wide receiver standpoint, Alan Lazard, while not considered a top end wide receiver, Rogers got nobody else to throw to. He's going to get work. So to me, it's so much easier to just lay back and just stack a team like the Packers because you know, as long as Aaron Rodgers is healthy, you can correlate it. It's not that hard. And the guys will be there. That's the beauty of it. So to me, you know, I would be saying if I'm not seeing the value in the fifth and sixth round, just keep waiting it out because there are guys to be uh, taking advantage of. Justin Fields, even. As crappy as the Bears look, Justin Fields is still... The Bears are going to have to try to make it work with Justin Fields. He's going to be scrambling. He's going to be running for his life. Guess what? He'll be Jalen Hurts of last year. He'll have some awful, awful looking games. But he might have some games where he looks somewhat decent. And then from a raw point standpoint, Justin Fields, is he really going to be that different from Russell Wilson? I'm not entirely sold on that. Like, he might outscore Russell Wilson because of the rushing touchdown potential. Like, it matters. It matters how far you're willing to wait on QB because it's easier to stack. And as you wait, it's easier to stack. And from a point uh, per dollar standpoint, uh, a projection standpoint, uh, point per ranking, I should say. There isn't nearly any amount of drop off at the QB position as you see in the other positions that you bypass when you take a QB very early in the draft. They're just, it's just, it works out time and time again. You can wait on that QB. I'm sorry, you can wait on that QB and it works. So, we'll see. I'm not going to say you could wait on Daniel Jones because, frankly, the Giants' offense remains broken thus far in preseason. But I will say 
as a, a proponent of the rotational QB strategy, you could use Daniel Jones in a rotational QB strategy if you completely punt the position and just rotate out the best available QB per year. That is a draft strategy that can work because you will be you will be loading up on so much talent each individual week because of the balance throughout your skill positions. You can rotate in a QB every week uh, off of waivers. That's something people do all the time in fantasy uh, that I've seen as a strategy. It's not a common strategy amongst casual fans, but it is absolutely something you can do in your fantasy leagues. But it's the reason why I say there are so many mistakes made at QB because people don't think it all the way through to see in the grand scheme of things. The QB spot really doesn't have nearly as much influence on the fantasy squad as they think it would. They just don't. They really don't. All right, so let's talk about the tight end spot uh, with the remaining time we have. So the tight end position is constantly misgaged, in my opinion, because the truth of the matter is that tight end from a fancy point production standpoint, you know, the days of Gronk are over where he would just be such a force on the field that he would single-handedly be one of the uh, more <laughs> devastating fantasy options you could just deploy on a roster. Travis Kelsey is slowing down that tight end. Like, that's just a fact. So even with uh, Tyreek Hill gone, Travis Kelsey, I don't necessarily see being as huge of a in line for a boost as people are making it out to be. And even from a ceiling standpoint, Mark Andrews is probably at best case scenario equivalent to Keenan Allen from a fantasy production standpoint. Yet, Mark Andrews is going second round. Travis Kelsey is going back into the first round, into the second round. Kelsey, the reason why I look at this and I say, I only want to draft Travis Kelsey if I'm stacking with Patrick Mahomes. Because to me, for Kelsey to have a big year, it's going to require Mahomes to be relevant in terms of passing touchdowns and force feeding the ball to Kelsey. I just don't necessarily see as much value in Kelsey uh, running Kelsey naked uh, without Mahomes. And what I fear is going to happen is that folks are going to draft Kelsey like, and it's uh, what I've seen a lot is wraparounds where at the end of the first round and they got the first pick or second pick in the second round, they grab Kelsey and then, you know, they may still grab uh, uh, Josh Allen or Lamar Jack. Like by the, uh, by the time it gets, uh, it gets uh, closer to them for the third round. So, you know, I just, I really believe that if you're grabbing at this position, 
and that's what I'm talking about. At this position, you should be trying to stack it with a QB. Because it's it's it just has to correlate. So to me, if you're doing Josh Allen, grab Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox is gonna be in the hundreds. That way, at least I can get more sense out of it. Like you're not gonna be able to draft like outside of because what I've seen folks try to do is they'll go digs, Stefan Diggs, try to draft Josh Allen, but they won't even think about drafting Dawson Knox. And I, I just think it's wrong. It's like normally you try not to correlate what a wide receiver and tight end, but it's like because in the red zone, Dawson Knox is the number one option for Josh Allen. It's not Stefan Diggs, it's it's Dawson Knox. So to me, if you're drafting the QB, you should be trying to correlate that with his number one option in the red zone more often than not. Like th- that's the way I kind of look at it. If you're grabbing a QB early, because that touchdown production is tantamount for uh, a number of these QBs that are not necessarily rushing QBs. Now Josh Allen will run for touchdowns, so I shouldn't necessarily lump him there, but. It, it does make sense of like, I kind of look at that. So like, cause he, but he throws a bunch of passing touchdowns. You, you should be looking to kind of correlate some of the uh, receiving touchdowns with the guys that are going to be in there. So Dawson Knox is being drafted way into the 100 range. That's someone you should be targeting. Dallas Goddard. A lot of folks are going to be talking about Devonta Smith and AJ Brown. And I have as well. But Dallas Goddard is going in, the, in, in uh, going into the tenth round in drafts. He should definitely be in, under consideration because you can wait on J- Jalen Hurts. But more often, like folks are not drafted Jalen Hurts. Dallas Goddard is still definitely going to be a solid option. Another guy that is way under the radar that folks should be paying attention to. Dalton Schultz for the Cowboys. Dak loves throwing to Dalton Schultz. So as long as Dalton Schultz is healthy, Dalton Schultz will probably be going in uh, approximately the sixth round, back end of the sixth round, into the seventh round. You can grab Dalton Schultz, and then you can grab Dak uh, probably around later, and you've already stacked and correlated like the t- tight end and quarterback, because I think that... Tight ends are so touchdown dependent. I have no qualms uh, correlating the tight end to the QB. So that's the way I would look at it. When you have, again, I look at Kelsey and Andrews as just being too high. So Kyle Pitts, folks, we got burned so badly by Arthur Smith last year being as rudimentary as he was with uh, that Falcons offense. Could you blame that on Matt Ryan? Part of it, I do blame on Matt Ryan, but Marcus Mariota is not <laughs> really what I'm looking at. I just, I just, I just look at the Falcons and just say, this is going to be, uh, going to be interesting <laughs> trying to figure out what the Falcons actually do. But uh, from a bad offense standpoint, 
Um, Kyle Pitts is going to be behind a lot. <laughs> so at some point, they got to be starting to target this dude. And because they're going to be playing from behind, I think you're going to see more prevent defenses on Kyle Pitts as he's racking up points uh, versus him being relevant early in the game. So, so this could be one of those catch-up hero uh, uh, stat line drivers where folks are raving about his stats, but realistically, most of them came in garbage time. I think that's going to be Kyle Pitts this year, but I'm not going to begrudge someone drafting Kyle Pitts in the third round. Third, fourth round is fair enough value for Kyle Pitts. Another guy that folks are down on that I have no problems with, Darren Waller. And it's because of Devontae Adams. Folks are going to say Devontae Adams is going to take away uh, looks for Darren Waller. I think the opposite. I think so many teams knew that Hunter Renfro can't run. And (laughs) the Raiders' best downfield option was Zay Jones. That they could just uh, lock down Waller. Jam him at the line, have have someone over the top on Waller, and you know they would just force uh, uh, Carr to throw up these moon balls to the other receivers. That it hurt Waller, but I think uh, as Waller has gotten healthier this year, having Adams draw most of the attention is just going to be a boon to Waller. I look at Darren Waller as one of those guys that I want to have a ton of shares of from the tight end spot. And again, in strategies where I'm just looking to kind of punt QB, Derek Carr certainly is in the cards, uh, for me at least. But I I think from a popularity standpoint, like my preferred option is to look at a Jalen Hurts and pair with Goddard because you can make that happen quite easily and not necessarily be worried about um, how uh, somebody's... Uh, some of these teams uh, uh, play out. And again, Dawson Knox, even if you don't grab Josh Allen, I think Dawson Knox running naked is fine as uh, a tight end option without a Q, uh, without a QB uh, to stack with because, again, he's touchdown dependent. But the Bills offense should still score plenty of points this year. Uh, New England doesn't have any answers for them. The Jets certainly don't have a ton of answers for the Bills. And Miami's defense, while decent, I still think the Bills put up uh, decent points within that division and as they uh, play out their schedule. So to me, I think uh, Dawson Knox is that untapped value uh, at the tight end spot. Um, Other guys, you can look at it as uh, uh, what's going on. I would say, you know, in the back end, because of CJ Uzoma going to the Jets, Hayden Hurst is an interesting option for the Bengals. And he's going to be way, way back in drafts. Just from the standpoint of if you punt tight end and you're in that 12 to 15 round range, Hayden Hurst is one of those flyer options that you could throw out there and it's something to consider. The other one to to consider is Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill got a tight end designation. For those of you who have listened to this show for years, 
you've heard me very rip on Taysom Hill not being an NFL caliber quarterback, but the Saints still paid him a ton of money. The Saints still have to find a use for him. It is not out of the realm possibility that Taysom Hill still gets reps at QB in certain packages, even with Sean Payton gone. And again, as a flyer, Taysom Hill is going way, 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 way deep into drafts. So you don't actually have to worry about, you know, drafting him too early because no one's really, no one's really touching Taysom Hill in a in a lot of league formats. And again, you have to double check to see because uh, certain certain uh, sites still have him under the QB tag. Obviously, don't draft him if it's under the QB tag. But I have absolutely seen Taysom Hill tagged in certain spots as a tight end. So it, it just depends on your league format. Again, I I always talk about knowing your league format and kind of knowing certain players where where they're uh, being ranked at is they got uh, different designations um, of skill position players because you've got guys that could fall under wide receiver running back. Uh, you know, it makes a difference. But that's all I got basically from the tight end spot. I wouldn't go crazy. Oh, actually, I screwed this up. Um, I should I should talk about Isaiah Likely. Isaiah Likely is has been a absolute stud in the preseason. The man was a beast at college. He got drafted by the Ravens. And here's the here and remember what I said about stacking uh stacking uh, uh, uh QBs to tight end. Lamar Jackson is one of those guys where you can run naked but but you could punt tight end uh, and have Isaiah like because Mark Andrews is not the most athletic guy in the world. Yes, he can make some spectacular catches, but from a speed standpoint, yeah, he's 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 got some speed to him. But Isaiah Likely is another level. He's a way better athlete than Mark Andrews. Don't be shocked. And this is one of the other reasons why. I don't like Mark Andrews' upside. Don't be shocked if Isaiah Likely starts taking away red zone opportunities from Mark Andrews when the Ravens go double tight end. Because I think Isaiah Likely is going to start beating guys, starting uh, players. Like, again, this was preseason. But as he starts picking up on the NFL, because he played at Coastal Carolina. But from a physicality standpoint and size, he's got hands, speed. Just elite for his position. He's going to go well past the 180 range. In Dynasty drafts, he was going flying off the charts. It, like I don't even want to talk about it. Like uh, Isaiah Likely was just like just a star in the preseason, so he raised a lot of eyebrows. But from a tight end position standpoint, he is the one guy that I would say, as you go later into rounds. I have no qualms punting tight end and just going with uh, Isaiah Likely. And, you know, you could pair him with uh, a Hayden Hurst, like back to back. Like, it'll be late enough in the draft anyway that, you know, 
you don't know who's going to end up being in that top 10 of the tight end rankings at the end of the year, but there's a chance that Isaiah Likely, if anything happens to Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely could be a top three tight end option the rest of the season. So just food for thought, but uh, things to bear in mind. So that's going to do it for the show. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. And until next time, have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. Thank <laughs> you.